Preach it, brother. Preach yeah. the word, yes. So, yesterday, if you can open up your Bibles to Matthew chapter 18. Um, I'm going to just uh, tell you guys how this message came to be. So, when Brother Ronnie asked me... Asked me... Uh, like a month and a half ago, I want to say, something, something around that time, um, whether I wanted to do Sunday school or um, preach, I immediately said preached, <laughs> but, uh, and he said, I understand. But as soon as he said that, as soon as he asked me that question, it was like the weeks building up, God kept giving me more and more stuff. He never gave me he never gave me the actual scripture that I was going to use until I went to uh, what is known as in Strasbourg the Cross Cafe. It was a Christian cafe and that's where I spent hours preparing my sermon. And I just want to ask you a question, Brother Ronnie. Were you in Strasbourg at the same time I was in the same cafe and I just didn't recognize you? No. Oh, no? Okay. Well, you walked, needless to say, you walked all over my message, but I'm coming at it in a different angle. As soon as you said Matthew chapter 18, I was like, oh boy. (laughs) But then again, this happens to Pastor Randy all the time with uh, Brother Dennis's Sunday school. But if we can turn to Matthew chapter 18, uh, starting in verse 1. The Bible reads... At the same time came the disciples unto Jesus, saying, Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And Jesus called a little child unto him and set him in the midst of them and said, Verily I say unto you, Except ye be converted and become as little children, ye shall not enter into the kingdom of heaven. Whosoever therefore shall humble himself as this little child... The same is greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And whoso shall receive one such little child in my name receiveth me. But whoso shall offend one of these little ones which believe in me, it were better for him that a millstone were hanged around his neck and that he were drowned in the depth of the sea. Woe unto the world because of offenses For it must needs be that offenses come. But woe to that man by whom the offense cometh. Wherefore, if thy hand or thy foot offend thee, cut them off and cast them from thee. It is better for thee to enter into life halt and maimed rather than having two hands or two feet to be cast into everlasting fire. And if thine eyes Or if in thy eye offend thee, pluck it out and cast it from thee. It is better for thee to enter into life with one eye rather than having two eyes to be cast into hellfire. Let's bow our heads. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we come to you this morning, Lord, and we just want to say that we love and thank you for all things, Lord. We just want to say that we, we 
We're thankful for the gift of life, Lord. We're thankful for the opportunity to, to wake up another morning, Lord, and, and breathe the air that you provide you provide us, Lord, to breathe the breath that you give us, Lord, and Lord, to be able to, 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 think, to think about you, Lord, and call upon you, Lord. I just want to thank you for that, Lord. Lord, I thank you for this service, Lord, that... that that we're able to gather here, Lord, and, and, and let the youth yet let the youth and the and the and, and the younger kids take over, Lord, and and uh, uh, I want to thank you, Lord, for for letting me be a part of this, Lord, and I just want to say that that I love you and thank you for all things, and it's in your Son's name that I pray, Amen. So uh, we're gonna break down the scripture first, and and I got a, a, a couple questions for you. And the first question is, who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? Have you ever asked yourself this question? Have you ever wondered yourself, who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? Now, obviously, we know that God is the greatest in the kingdom. Amen? God is the the one on the throne in the kingdom. But... Have you ever asked yourself, out of the people, who is going to be the greatest? Thank you. Who's going to be the greatest? So let's see, in verse 1, if you look down in your Bibles, in verse 1, you will see that that the disciples went to Jesus in verse 1 of the passage. And they asked Jesus, they asked Jesus, who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Now, like Brother Ronnie pointed out uh, this morning, they were most likely asking this question for for selfish sake, for their own gain. They were asking Jesus, am I going to be the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? Which one of us is going to be the greatest? That is what they were most likely thinking in their hearts. In verse 1 and 2, the disciples here most likely expecting Jesus to give them an answer they wanted. Most likely wanting for themselves to be the greatest in heaven, like I just pointed out. Then Jesus answered, and this is, this is puzzling for, uh, for adults and even for children. Jesus took a child. Jesus took a child and put the child in the midst of them, is what the Bible says. In verse 3, Jesus says, Unless you become converted and become as little children, ye shall not enter into into the kingdom of heaven. So this is not talking about who's going to be the greatest. This is just saying that if you don't have the faith like a child, you will not make it to the kingdom. This, this right here, Jesus, Jesus, before he talks about who's going to be the greatest, before he talks about the, the one that's going to be the greatest or, or the, the people that are the greatest in heaven, he's saying you need this to get to heaven in the first place. Amen. Jesus elaborates in verse 4 saying, whoever humbles himself, As a little child, the same is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. So the the, the one that humbles himself like the little child is one of the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. What does the Bible mean 
like little children. And like, like uh, Brother Ronnie uh, pointed out, that not in mind, because we read in, in 1 Corinthians, we read that, that uh, I'll mention the chapter in a little bit, but we read in 1 Corinthians that we're supposed to think like men. We're, so, we're supposed to think uh, like, like God would have us to think. We're not supposed to think like children, but we're supposed to have faith like children. And we're supposed to be humble like a child. Does Jesus say we need to walk around like little children? No, that would be foolish. But Jesus is saying that we need the faith like a child and we need to be humble like a child. Jesus means in verse 3 to be trusting like a child, to have faith like a child. And you might ask yourself, why did Jesus use a child? And I'm just going to say, a child is the perfect example of just exactly what it means to have blind faith. Blind faith. Case in point. Example, little Ricky. If your parents say, I'm going to go to the store, but I'll be back. You're expecting at some point in your day that they'll be back, right? You're expecting, you're waiting. Maybe, maybe you want to... Maybe you want to get a, a couple chores done before they get home and you're, and you're, you're thinking, man, I've got to get this done before they get back. But you know they're coming back. You know they're coming back. A child is the perfect example of blind faith because a child doesn't understand all the sorrows of this world completely yet. A child doesn't understand all the bad stuff that happens in, in everyday life. Yes, maybe they might get glimpses of it from, from you, but they don't completely understand. That is why children are the perfect example of what it means to have faith. Amen. Jesus means if you believe in him, you need to be a child. You're a child of God. This is what Jesus means. That's right. You need to be a child. A child of God. And Jesus, he gives a warning in verse 6. But whoso shall offend one of these little ones which believe in me, it were better for him that a millstone were hanged around his neck and that he were drowned in the depth of the sea. Now this scripture with the old English and, and maybe not knowing the meanings of this word, this scripture is basically meaning for, for whoever causes his children to sin, that's what ought to happen. Jesus, Jesus is, is speaking metaphorically. He is speaking, he is speaking in, in parables. He is, he is telling us, giving us examples of what he actually means. And this is, this is an example of how highly he holds his children. And if you are sitting here this morning and you are saved, you are a child of God. That's right. Amen. We are all youth in, in God. In all honesty, ones that cause, not, not just our, our brothers and sisters in Christ, but children, ones that cause children themselves to sin, 
We should be disgusted with those. We should try and stop those. Have a voice for those. Jesus here again is giving us an example of how he holds and sees God's children. The love he actually has for all of his children. So then next, I have a couple more questions. Most of us in here will probably say yes. Have you ever taught a child? Yes. Next question. Has a child taught you? If you say no, there's something wrong. Because we can't be walking around all high and mighty that we have the answers. I don't. My mom has told me many a times that she don't. The only one that has all the answers is Jesus. You need to learn from each other. I, I remember a, one, one of my bosses at work, he was, he was telling me how a team works together. And he said, if I can't learn from you the same you learned from me, then this is not going to work. You need to be learning from each other. An example of a child teaching you, Jesus said, look at the child. Did he not throw the child in the midst of the disciples? Did he not say, look at this child. You need to have faith like this child and you need to be humble. So my question is, what does it mean to be the greatest in heaven? Well, that's what this is about. Should you want to be the greatest in heaven? Short answer, no. Long answer, long answer, no. But we're going to do the long answer. We're going to see why. We're going to talk a little bit, especially at the end. But your first, your first, your first step into becoming the greatest in the kingdom, the greatest child in the kingdom, is first, you have to seek God. Seeking God. Isaiah chapter 55 verse 6 says, Seek ye the Lord, while he may be found, call ye upon him while he is near. You see, you're not just seeking the kingdom of God in your Christian walk. If you're seeking God, you're already seeking his kingdom. Children, the Bible says to seek the Lord in your problems, in your worries, on the mountain, in the valley. Seek God. That's your first step. Let's say for the unsaved, for the one that, that is that has not been covered by mercy and grace, by the blood of Christ, the one that has not been redeemed. Seeking God is the first step. Because you need to seek God in the first place. You need to first be saved. So that means you need to understand the importance of getting saved. So the first step is, well, I know I have a problem. I know I need saving. So for the unsaved, they're saying, 
I need to seek God or they have it in their heart somewhere where they know they're not right with God and they know they need to seek him. Maybe they're scared, but they know they need to seek him. Did you have any of, any of those moments for the, for the Christian in here, for the saved child of God before you got saved? Maybe a couple weeks, maybe a couple days. Moments before you got saved though, where you knew God was calling you. Maybe years before you got saved, but you knew at some point that God was calling you. And either you shoved it out, and then it came back, and then it didn't stop. You couldn't shove it out. God was calling. You knew who he was calling, and not too, too long after that, you ended up seeking him. You must desire God to seek him. You must desire a savior to seek him. And that is the first step. That is the step that I believe most of us in this room have taken. The the first step into being the greatest is to first seek him. Because to get to the kingdom, you you, you must have sought after God. You must have, have been seeking a Savior. I think that was the closest I've been. I went to speaking in tongues there. I don't know what that first word was. <laughs> the second step this morning is, so you, we've all seeked God at some point, at least most of us. And I don't know our hearts this morning. I don't know who, who has truthfully been saved because I am not God and I'm not you. But the first step was to seek God. And then the second step is you need to have faith like a child. In Mark chapter 10, verse 14 and 15. But when Jesus saw it, he was much displeased and said unto them, because because in this scripture, the disciples are trying to hinder the children. They're trying to keep the children out of the teaching, out of the preaching. And, And as a church here, we say, bring the children in. Let them hear the preaching because that is what Jesus said. So this scripture says, but when Jesus saw it, he was much displeased and said unto them, suffer the little children to come to me. Little children, it is okay to learn to come to Jesus. In fact, Jesus wants you to come to him. Amen. And Jesus says, and forbid them not. So as, as adults, we are not to forbid our children from seeking God. That is wrong. And that is what's happened in our country. That is what's happened in households. And it is wrong. Amen. And Jesus said in this passage, for of such is the kingdom of God. Amen. Verily I say... Unto you, whosoever shall not receive the kingdom of God as a little child. I'm going to read that again. Whosoever shall not receive the kingdom of God as a little child, he shall not enter therein. So we're seeking God and, and, and we found God. At least we got to, to the point of, okay, I know I need to be saved and I'm about to get saved. And the scripture comes in of needing faith like a child. You see, your second thing in your journey to being one of the greatest in heaven, you need to first have faith like a child, to then seek, to then find, to have faith. Seek, find, faith. 
That's a message. The Bible, the Bible talks, just like we said, faith like a child. But why would we need to have faith like a child to even get, get accepted in? Because that is the most amount of faith that we can have, is faith like a child. Here, as non-perfect, we are imperfect people living in a disastrous world. That is the most faith that we can have. So why is it important after you get saved to continue in faith with faith like a child? Because once you've already displayed faith like a child, God expects faith like a child from this point on. After you, after you sought after God, and then had faith like a child, he expects it. As Christians, we need to trust that God is 100% who he says he is. And as adults, as people that, that raise children, we need to grasp onto this a little bit better. Because if you want your child to grow up and to understand that God is 100% who he says he is, then like Brother Ronnie said this morning, you need to be living it out. You can't just say it and then turn around and do another thing. Because these children need you. These children need you to be obedient to God. These children need you to have faith like a child. As adults, we worry. Well, what if, like the example I had of, with uh, little Ricky earlier, we worry, well, what if they don't come back? And yes, that is, a, that is a great question for the world, but we're not talking about, we're not talking about the world. We're not talking about us people. We're talking about the almighty God, the father that we have. The, is, it, is it hard to ask to have 100% faith in God. I mean, the benefits are, are great. There's no downside. There's, 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 there's tribulation, of course. There is, there is people that, 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 that'll be naysayers, and there's people that'll... Because that'll, children sitting out here, as a Christian, it's not sunshine and rainbows. I'm sure you've seen that. Within school, within, within seeing your parents, it's not a cakewalk. But if you have 100% trust in God, then you'll get through it. Yes. Like I said, it doesn't mean that you have a mind of a child. We see how the Bible feels about this in 1 Corinthians chapter uh, 13 and 14. I'll actually turn there. This is talking about speaking in tongues, but I think we can uh, relate to it. In verse 20, Brethren, be not children in understanding, howbeit in malice. Be ye children, but in understanding be men. In your understanding of things, be as God, God, be, be what God calls you to be. Do what 
God will do what God has called you to do. Be understanding as an adult, but have faith like a child. The third step. So, you're seeking God. And you have faith like a child. But the, the third, the third thing that you have to do is now be obedient. In James chapter 1 verse 22. But be ye doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. The next step is to be obedient. Read the end of our original scripture in Matthew chapter 18. It says, Woe unto the world, chapter 18, verses 7 through 9. Woe unto the world because of offenses, for it must needs be that of offenses come. But woe to that man by whom the offenses cometh. Wherefore, if thy hand or thy foot offend thee, cut them off and cast them from thee. It is better for thee to enter into life, halt or maimed, rather than having two hands or two feet to be cast into everlasting fire. And if their eye or if, if thine eye offend thee, pluck it out and cast it from thee. It is better for thee to enter into life with one eye rather than having two eyes to be cast into hellfire. What's the scripture saying? In verse 8 and 9, it is talking about sin. It is talking about the importance that Jesus, that Jesus has uh, us to, to remain clean. Once we have displayed faith like a child and we, we were seeking after God, Jesus is now telling the disciples uh, his, his thoughts about sin. It's not literally telling you to cut your eyes out. It's not literally telling you to do these things to yourself. But Jesus is giving us examples of how important he sees us keeping ourselves clean. To be obeyers of the word. Let me ask you this. When you ask your kid to do something, you expect them to do it, right? I'm great at this. I'll do it. Eventually, in my very busy life, I'll get around to it. Not very busy. It's funny because when this little scratch notes I put down in Sunday school, as soon as I wrote that, I was like, mm. yeah, I, I hear you. I hear you. Trust me. Trust me. I get convicted too. I'm not just telling you this because, because... God's given me authority to preach. This is stuff that I have to obey too. Because, because we've made it clear, especially Brother Ronnie this morning if, and, and Brother Dennis, if you're going to tell your child to do something, well, you got to do it too. You can't tell your kid to get off their, their gaming systems and then you're on yours. But... When you expect your kid to do something, you expect them to do it right. You expect them to 100% get it done. And you feel justified. You feel correct. You are. The Bible gives, us a, gives you authority as a parent. But let's look in God's position. 
real quick, because God's our Father, right? And the third step to being the greatest in heaven is you need to be obedient. Are we very obedient to God? Do we expect our kids to be obedient to us? If you expect your kid to be obedient to you, then you better be obedient to God. And if you're not, then don't expect your kid to be. Yes, your kid's wrong for not being obedient to you, but they're just following suit. They're just following you. The practice of being obedient to God is not just a practice. It's a part of faith. Obedience comes from faith. This is what I love about the book of James. Because James takes faith and works and he puts them together. He shows us what God really means. You see, you're not saved by your works. But without faith, there is no works. Faith without works is dead. Your life to God is important. Obedience comes from faith. True faith like a child. The verse that we read up here, James chapter 122. It says, you're to be doers of the word. Children. You need to be doers of the word. That means whatever's in this Bible, it doesn't matter if you don't agree with it or you do agree with it. You need to follow this scripture, no matter what anybody says. It doesn't matter what your friends at school think. It doesn't matter what, in in all honesty, it doesn't matter what your teachers think. Your science teacher might tell you one thing, but God tells you another thing in this book. And you're to be respectful about it. But you're to be bold is what the Bible calls us to be. Be bold with your faith, children. And I'm not just talking to the children. I'm talking to the children. Amen. So it says, be doers of the word. And not hearers only. Because if you're hearers only, the Bible says here... You're deceiving your own selves. Because if you're just a hearer to it, you know it's right, and you're not a doer of the word, you'll deceive yourself in the end. Need to be obedient. We should should feel the need, the want to be obedient to our Father. The one that we first sought after. The one that we put our faith like a child in The one that you need to be obedient with. And the last step. The last step. And this is where I'm really going to kind of tear down our want to be the greatest child in heaven. Being humble is the last. Matthew, look down in your Bibles if you're there. Chapter 18, verse 4. Whosoever therefore shall humble himself as this little child, the same is greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Going with the last point, you need to be humble. You might ask yourself, okay, obedience and being humble, how do they go together? Because if you're obedient, 
we tend to be boasters. I do this, we turn into Pharisees. I do this, I do this, I do this. Be humble about your obedience to God. In other words, don't be high and mighty. Because don't forget the one who is high and mighty, who got you to the mountain that you're on. What does being a humble mean? This is the definition that I pulled from Google. Having or showing a modest or low estimate of one's own importance. In other words, if you don't understand that, it means you are, you are showing others that you are not the important one. You are showing others importance over you. You are showing that, yeah, I might be really good at this, but there's somebody better than me and there's somebody I got to help. Being humble like a child is to understand that we have no importance. That the Lord is leading us. If you're humble, you'll be like Paul. The Apostle Paul said, I am the chiefest of sinners. Jesus, if you're humble, you'll say, I'm not even good. Just like Jesus said. You see, this morning... We're not the reason we're here today. Children, understand that that the ones that you look up to that are Christians, they are where they they are at because of God. Brother Ronnie is where he is at today because of God. Pastor Randy is here today because of God. Your parents are here today because of God. The ones that you look up to, they are here today because of God. Be humble. Learn. We need to learn from each other. We need to to take our mistakes. We need to take our mistakes and learn. Like Brother Ronnie said this morning. If you're obedient to Christ today, that's because of God's mighty hand. So I ask the question, who's... Who's the greatest in heaven? And then I asked, do do you want to be the greatest in heaven? Your goal itself is not to be the greatest. I said no. The answer is no. Your goal is not to be the greatest. It's to be humble. It's to be an obedient, humble servant to God. If you're humble, you won't know you're the greatest. That child that Jesus put in front of the disciples didn't know he had that faith he was talking about. Didn't know that he had that humbleness. If you're humble, you might have people acknowledge what you do. But really deep down you know it's not you. Being humble. The greatest in the kingdom is not about you being great. It's about God. It's about God's greatness. We make it to the kingdom. That one, like that one song said, we're going to lay our crowns down. Anything that we've earned, we're giving it back. 
And if you're here this morning and, well, first of all, if you have not been saved, if you have not given your life to Christ, if you have, if you have been trying to seek Christ and you just don't know that step that you've got to take, come up here. Find one of us that know. Children, if you are not saved, find Brother Ronnie, Pastor Randy, myself, Dennis. If you need that faith like a child, if you need to learn, if you need to trust in God, give your life to Him, then be obedient. Come. It's the best thing you'll ever do. It's not just fire insurance, it's a relationship. And it's a really good relationship. And if you're struggling with faith like a child, even as a Christian, this morning, come. Lay your burdens down. What did the scripture say? The, the first scripture I read say, Seek ye the Lord, while he may be found, call ye upon him while he is near. The Lord is near, yeah. and so are his people. Amen. If you have a problem this morning, come seek the Lord, because the people will be here. This is where the saints are gathered. If you're struggling with obedience this morning, please come. Maybe, maybe you know we're 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 kind of backsliding. Maybe we're not. Or maybe we're not doing what we know God wants us to do. Maybe, maybe for for the little ones, maybe it's we're not doing what our parents want us to do. Maybe we're not obeying. Maybe we're not, or maybe we're not trusting what our parents say. And maybe you have a, a, a problem with being humble. Maybe, maybe you need your shoulders taken down. Maybe you need to pray, God, make me humble. This isn't me. This is you. Help me learn that. You can come pray this morning. Amen? Amen. Amen.